What's up everyone? Welcome to Red Rocks Young Adults YouTube channel. We're so glad that you're here. We hope that through today's message you would leave challenged and encouraged, but ultimately have a new encounter with Jesus Christ. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this message. Man, you can stay standing for a moment. Uh, hey, Overflow, good to have you guys back there. Thanks for sitting back there, sitting in the lobby. It's awesome. Um, man, I don't know. I just I feel uh, I feel like the power of the Lord's in this place tonight. And man, I, I'm really expecting tonight. I don't know what you walked in here with, um, but I believe that the power of the Holy Spirit wants to speak to you. And your situation is unique, and so God's going to speak to you uniquely. And so God may not speak to you like he's going to speak to your neighbor, but he knows exactly what you need, and he wants to speak to you. So if we could just for the next few minutes just open up our hearts and say, God, um, I may not know you, I may not understand you, uh, but I'm here, so I'm going to allow you to speak to my soul and speak to my life. Uh, we're in week three of our series, Ready For It. Everyone say, Ready For It. Have you enjoyed it so far? We've had a good couple weeks. Did anyone use your word as your weapon this week? Did anybody get in your word this week? Come on, praise God. That's awesome. Uh, kind of the, the whole uh, thought behind this is that no matter what comes my way, I'm going to be ready for it. I'm not going to wait for the storm to come before I respond. I'm going to prepare myself, so, prepare myself so that when the storm does come, I will be ready for it. Amen. And the, uh, a couple weeks ago, we talked about how God has a plan for your life. He has a plan for your life. That's amazing. But so does the enemy. And the enemy's plan for your life is to distract you and deter you from what the Lord wants to do in and through your life. And so a war wages on in your soul. But the beautiful thing is that God gives us every tool to not only fight the battle, but to win the battle. And so a few weeks ago, we talked about, I gave you a little bit of a, uh, a formula. Do you remember it? His strength plus his what? Plus my what? Preparation equals victory. And last week, we talked about the Bible is a word. Uh, the word is my weapon. And we talked about how the Bible is there to guide us through this life and to help us fight temptation. And so we've been re reading out of Ephesians chapter 6, and we've been going through, and each week we've been adding a, one more verse to the end of it um, to kind of go off of what our, our sermon is going to be tonight. And so I'm going to read through Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. We're going to add one more passage and what we'll be talking about tonight. And so we've heard this passage a few times, but here we go. Finally, let the mighty strength of the Lord make you strong. Put on all the armor that God gives so you can defend yourself against the devil's tricks. We are not fighting against humans. We are fighting against forces and authorities and against rulers of darkness and powers in the spiritual world. So put on all the armor that God gives. Then when that evil day comes, you will be able to defend yourself. And when the battle is over, you will be standing firm. Amen. Amen. Be ready. Let the truth be like a belt around your waist and let God's justice protect you like armor. Your desire to tell the good news about peace should be like shoes on your feet. Let your faith be like a shield, and you'll be able to stop all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Let God's saving power be like a helmet, and for a sword, use God's message that comes from the Spirit. And in the same way, here's what we're going off of tonight. Prayer is essential in this ongoing warfare. Always pray by the power of the Spirit. The title of tonight's message is My Prayer is my peace. 
My prayer is my peace. Let me pray for you. Lord, I thank you so much for everyone who's in this room tonight. Every story that's represented. Every person in here has a name and every name has a story and every story matters to you. And Lord, I pray that you would speak so clearly to hearts tonight, Lord. We welcome you to this place. Everybody said, amen, amen. Hey, you can take a seat, hug someone's neck on the way down. Tell them they're cute. Has anybody met your special someone at Young Adults? Anybody? Mm. Oh, wow. She's still with you? Just kidding. A question for you guys tonight. Do you ever really just want to enjoy life, but the stresses of life just won't let you? Anybody? You just really want to enjoy life, but just stresses of life just won't let you. Uh, I, I remember uh, whenever we, my wife was pregnant with, our, with our, our now son, Abram, she was about seven months pregnant. And fellas, just so you know, when your wife becomes pregnant, um, a couple months before the baby comes, the wife goes into this thing called nesting mode. Okay, which which means that they're getting the house ready. They're getting their nest ready. And so they start having you do projects that you never thought that you'd be doing. Okay, eight years of marriage and we don't do any of these projects. And all of a sudden we get pregnant. We start doing this project. Um, And so my wife at this one point, she's about seven months pregnant and she was stressed out because we hadn't bought a crib yet. So we go and buy a crib and she asked me to put the crib together, but I procrastinated. And then one night she looks at me. She says, hey, real talk, I'm leaving. And if this crib is not built before I'm back. You're not having another kid with me. Okay. So I, I started working on the crib. So my wife leaves and, and I, I get the crib out of the box and we bought this crib from this little place called Ikea. And listen, I, I'm not a builder. Okay. I can hardly hang a picture on a wall and I hate to admit that to you guys because now you probably think less of me. I'm cool with it now. I'm, I'm cool with my masculinity. I can't build. I can't do anything along those lines. So it was, you already know it's going to be a struggle for me. But I decided, you know, I'm going to enjoy this moment of building my son's crib. And so I had this moment where I put worship music on. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to sit in my son's room. And before my son even comes, I'm going to pray over his room. I'm going to anoint his room with oil. While I'm making this crib, I'm going to be praying over it. I'm going to have this whole spiritual moment, okay? It was amazing. And then I get about five minutes in, and this freaking Ikea crib is driving me insane. I can't figure it out for the life of me. And I get about halfway through, and I'm so angry, and I try to turn off the worship music, and it's not reading my stinking thumb. And I'm like, ah, and I just throw my phone across the room. So angry. And so I, I work through it, and it's supposed to be like this beautiful moment. It's supposed to enjoy this time. And by the end, I'm, I'm saying cuss words that I didn't even know existed. And... I, I get it done finally, and I'm, I just, I warred with this crib. And so I'm sitting in the room just like with my head down, depressed. And my wife comes home, and my wife walks into the room, and I'm like, I did it. And she was like, hey, Andrew, she was like, uh, you put the bed at the wrong height. I'm like, what? <laughs> so it took me another two hours to get the bed to the right heights. I can't believe that we're still married. Listen. All I wanted to was to enjoy this moment, but it was far more stressful than it was joyful. Do you ever feel that about life? 
Do you ever feel that about certain things in your life? It's like, man, I just want to enjoy life. I want to enjoy some moments that are stress-free, but it seems like there's always something standing in the way of me experiencing the joy that I want to in my life, right? Anybody, amen, right? And I think every single one of us, we look at our life, we're like, if I could just have a little bit of peace in my life, but there always seems to be something standing in my way. You see, I think that we all desire peace. I desire peace. You desire peace. Every single one of us desire peace. You see, peace is freedom from disturbance. That's the definition of peace. That we all have disturbing things in our life and we all want freedom from disturbance. We want peace from all the external conflicts that are in our lives when it comes to work and relationships and financial stuff. We want peace from the internal conflicts that we feel that are deep down in our soul and within our mind and within our heart. See, every single one of us, we lay our head to rest at night, whether you are a believer or not. Every single person on this planet lays their head to rest at night, desiring peace, just wanting their soul to be at rest. The thing is, though, is I feel like peace is one of those things that is heavily desired, but is rarely attained. It's heavily desired, but it's rarely attained. And the reason why is because we live in a world that screams everything but peace, right? Turn on the news. It ain't peaceful. Watch a political debate. It ain't peaceful. Drive down I-70 or Wadsworth in rush hour traffic. It ain't peaceful. Right? Our world screams panic and panic is contagious. You ever been to Walmart on Black Friday? Our world is not at peace. There was this article written by Forbes magazine. I, I shared this article probably about 10 months ago. But this article from Forbes magazine, and it was titled, The Top Eight Things People Desperately Desire But Can't Seem to Obtain. And this interviewed people who had all sorts of money, all sorts of status, but the top eight things that people desperately desire but can't not seem to obtain. A secular article written by a secular person. And there was things like happiness, confidence, freedom, joy. But the number one thing that people desperately desired but could not seem to obtain, no matter how much money was in their bank account, no matter how much status that they had, was peace. Couldn't obtain it. Maybe this is where you find yourself today. Where all you desire in your life is peace, but your entire life in this season of life feels nothing but anxiety, feels stressful, feels overwhelming. And you lay your head to, at rest tonight, and all you want is this, but all you seem to gather in your life is this. And you wander yourself into this room tonight because you wonder, I've gone to everything, every person, and maybe, just maybe, if I go into this church, I might just find the kind of peace that it is that I'm looking for that I can't seem to obtain from anything or anybody else. See, later, come on. Help me preach. So when we find ourselves in a place like this, how is it that we go from here to hear, because it feels like an extremely long journey. How do I combat the, the anxieties and the stresses that always seem to be waiting for me the second that I wake up? How do I combat that? And I would say that the easy, simple answer to this is prayer. Prayer. You're like, mm, 
Uh, I don't know. So you're telling me that I can combat all the stresses and the anxieties in my life with prayer. You see, this verse that we read in Ephesians up top, Ephesians 6, 18, it starts off by saying, in the same way. So, so what it's saying, it, it just went through um, that we're in a spiritual battle and that you need God's strength and his armor in the word of God. And it's saying in the same way that you need those things to fight the daily battles that you find yourself again, that prayer is essential in this ongoing warfare. Remember, the battle that you fight is not a physical battle, so it cannot be fought with physical weapons. The fight that you're in is a spiritual battle that needs spiritual weapons. So you need God's strength. You need his armor. You need his word. And you need prayer because it's essential to this ongoing warfare. You're like, mm, I don't know. I'm still not buying it. Like, prayer is kind of weird to me. You Christians, you're weird with your prayers. Like, he's God. I'm not. He's God. I do dumb things. Um... I don't know, I feel like I, when, when, when I pray, I don't really feel like I hear anything back. I, I pray, does anybody listen? No one responds to me. Like, prayer's kind of weird. Do I fold my hands? Do I close my eyes? Do I light a candle? Do I kneel? Do I stand? Dear Lord, our Father, God, Jesus, to whom it may concern, baby Yoda, like, <laughs> I, I, this doesn't really, like, make sense to me, like, how... What is prayer? How do I pray? And, and prayer, in its most basic form, prayer is us talking to God. It's the most basic form, is us talking to God. Now, the Bible is God speaking to us. Now, we read the Bible, but really what's happening is the Bible is reading us, okay? And that's God speaking to us, but prayer is us speaking to God. And there's no wrong way to talk to God, okay? No wrong way. You could stand, you could kneel. You could jump rope, you could fold your hands, you could wave your hands. Put your hands in your pocket, put your hands in a socket. Whatever you got to do. Sorry, I'm in the Dr. Seuss phase with my son. I'll rap all night for y'all, though. Hey. Eric, you going to laugh or smile tonight? Dear Lord, what, I going to dance up here for you? There, there's no uh, wrong way to talk to God. Anywhere that you want to talk to God, you can talk to God at any point, at any place, during any activity. No wrong way to talk to God. No wrong topic to talk to him about. Anytime you talk to God, that is prayer. Anytime you praise God. Anytime you thank God. Anytime you ask God for forgiveness. Anytime you ask God to fulfill a request. Anytime that you speak to God, write to God text to God, whatever it might be, anytime you engage with God with your mind or your words, that is praying to God. And scripture says that prayer is essential to fight this battle that you find yourself in every single day when you face these kind of things within your life. But one of my favorite passages of prayer, I think explains really clearly what I'm trying to, to talk about tonight. It's Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7. It says this will be on the screens. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with what? Thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. Okay, so here's what happens. The first part of this, Paul says, Paul, the writer of this passage says, do not be anxious about anything. You're like, thanks, Paul. 
Thanks, bro. You died like 2,000 years ago. You don't live in the 21st century. You don't know the things that face me on the daily, okay? And you say, do not be anxious about anything. I I'm anxious about everything. There's nothing in my life that feels like peace. Come on, Paul. And if Paul's sitting here right now, he'd be like, yo, young buck, you better sit down. <laughs> don't talk to me like that. You sit down. Let me finish this verse. He said, do not be anxious about anything. He says, but in every situation. Listen, you have to understand that there will be situations that the day of evil will come that the enemy will attack that in this world you will have trouble two weeks ago i talked about how trouble does not discriminate can i tell you that look you could read your bible every single day and pray and serve and fast and live the most righteous life possible but trouble will still find you and he says in every situation that you will come across situations where you find trouble within your life. He says, do not be anxious, but in every situation, he says, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. He says with prayer, pr pray to God. In, in, in your times of feeling anxious, in your times of feeling overwhelmed, pray to God, petition to him. And then with gratitude. See, don't come to Jesus only asking for what you want without first being grateful for what you have. Listen, there's something about whenever I'm praying to God and I'm frustrated, but then I turn around and I start to be thankful to God. All of a sudden, the things in life that I'm so frustrated about, all of a sudden, I have a total perspective shift on them. So with, with prayer, with petition, with thanksgiving, and it says, present your request to God. Can I tell you something? That you are allowed to approach God. There's nothing in your life that is too small or too big that, 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 that God doesn't care about. God cares about your situation. Romans says, let us approach the throne of grace with boldness. That you can approach God because he is your father. He loves you. We can approach God in any kind of situation. So you can present any kind of request that you possibly could think of. You can present that request to God because he loves you. So it says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation... By prayer and petition and thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will change your circumstances and give you everything that you want. We wish, right? Like, if I pray long enough, hard enough, if I fast enough, if I do these kind of things, then God will change my circumstances and God will work all these things out in my life that I need him to work out. Listen, don't get this misconstrued. See, listen, the, the, the reality when it comes to God is God is far more concerned with the change of your heart than the change of your circumstances. And, and, and God knows that if God just goes and changes all of your circumstances without changing your heart, you'll find yourself in the same exact place you find yourself in right now. That heart change must precede physical change. And so he says, but then the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and will guard your mind in Christ Jesus. It says it'll guard your heart because your heart, the Bible says, everything you do flows out of your heart. And then it says the peace will guard your mind because negative thoughts lead to a negative life. And so God wants to guard your mind so you can take captive every single negative thought that the enemy throws you away and put it in its rightful place. Amen. So he says, that let the peace of God that surpasses all understanding guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. 
See, it seems as though that a prerequisite to peace is thanksgiving, petitioning, and praying. I'm right here. I want to be here. And it seems like the prerequisite to get to here is through my prayers. It's through prayer. See, what's important, I think, for every believer to understand, and those of you who are maybe interested in becoming a believer, and that's going to happen tonight, you watch, that, listen, your whole purpose for being created is to come into relationship with Jesus Christ. That, that, that was God, why God put you on this earth. And until you find that, you are going to be searching for every possible thing in your life. That's why God created you, was so that you would come into relationship with him. And once you've made peace with God by salvation, his peace now rests in you. Okay, watch this. John 16, 33. And everything I've taught you is so that the peace which is in me will be in you and will give you great confidence as you rest in me. As you rest in me, as you engage with me, I will give you great confidence because the peace that I have is the peace that I now give you. Listen, as a believer, we don't have to go searching for peace because Jesus gives you peace and peace is in you. You don't have to go searching. Listen, you don't have to come to a church service to get the peace of Jesus. Whenever you accept Jesus Christ, it says that his presence now dwells in you. And wherever his presence is, there his peace is. So you can experience the peace of God in your darkest situation, in the darkest place, in the darkest corners of this world because you have Jesus in you. That's why Paul, who wrote this while living in a jail cell, can experience the peace of God that surpasses all understanding. Listen, but how you access his peace is through prayer. You say yes to Jesus, you have his presence and his peace, but how you access it is you plug into the power source of Jesus through your prayer. Just how you access his strength and his armor, you plug into the power source of which is Jesus, and you experience his strength, his armor, and his peace. You see, what's, <clears throat> what's interesting about this verse is this verse, it starts with, Anxiety, do not be anxious about anything, it starts with anxiety and it ends with peace. What I love is Paul is kind of like teeing it up a little bit. Like you're sitting there, you're reading, like, do not be anxious about anything. You're like, what? Make me mad. And then he begins this journey through this passage all the way to this place of peace. He starts you off in this passage in the place that you don't want to be, that you hate to be. And he brings you back all the way to this place that you desire to be. And this passage gives a very clear roadmap of how we get to the places that we don't want to be and how we get to the places that we do want to be. There's a road between anxiety and peace. And so when I'm experiencing a situation in my life, every time that I worry... I take one step closer to anxiety and feeling overwhelmed and stressed out. And then I wake up the next morning and I have another opportunity to either pray or worry. But every time I pray I take, or worry, I take one more step towards anxiety. But take the same situation, the same thing comes at me, the same relational stuff, the same work stuff comes at me. And I choose in that moment. I'm worried, I'm a little afraid, but I'm going to choose because I have a choice. I'm going to choose to pray. And every time I, I pray, I take a step towards 
peace. And, and you see, the reality is that you get to choose. Same situation, but it's a different action, and that action is on your part. And it's not a reactive, it's a proactive step on your part. There's a situation facing me, I'm at a fork in the road, and I have to decide, do I let worry rule my life, or do I let prayer rule my life? And if I let prayer rule my life, then peace will be a part of my life. Amen? <laughs> to, to illustrate this a little bit more, I, I want to have a couple people come out. Bring them out, bring them out. Yeah. Hey, interns right here. Come on, give it up for the interns. Hey, for real though, internship. Think about it. I interned here 10 years ago, all right? 10 years ago, dear Lord. I was 21. Graduated college, didn't know I was going to do, packed my bags, and lived in someone's basement and cleaned toilets. So anything is possible. Okay, so I, I want to kind of illustrate this of, of what, what this might look like when it comes to your life and, and your soul. Okay, so this vase or, or vase, <laughs> for you bougie people. Okay, so, so say, say this represents your soul, okay? And, and, and these ping pong balls, they represent all the stresses and the anxieties and the things of your life that just overwhelm the heck out of you, okay? And this is probably what most people's souls look like, amen? Just like overwhelmed with everything. And then we don't begin to take control of our life and we don't begin to seek God in the things in our life. What begins to happen is all these things begin to compound. Well, my student loan repayment just surfaced. Am I preaching? Wow. I feel so stressed and so overwhelmed. That person in my life that I know that I probably shouldn't be with, but I have a past with them, they're kind of resurfaced back into my life, and I'm not really sure what to do, and, and, and so I just feel so overwhelmed and so stressed about it. Or all the financial stuff and the career stuff and all these new things that are happening. I, I, I took a step of faith and I quit my job and now nothing's happening. And I just feel so anxious and I feel so overwhelmed with my life. And so if, if we were to, to pull back the, the soul, like the soul, and look at the inside of your soul, so many of you, your life would look like this. Like your soul would just be riddled with things that just just caused so much stress relationally, financially, physically, so many different things in your life. Okay, so this is what many people's souls look like. Okay, but here's right here. This picture, these pictures, represent God, okay? And the water represents his presence, Okay, and so every time that I pray, I experience a little bit more of the presence of Jesus. And the more presence I begin to experience, the more peace that I begin to experience in my life. So as I begin to engage with God, all of a sudden the things that are in my soul and infiltrating my soul begin to move out of my soul and don't begin to riddle me anymore. When I'm struggling with things in life and I begin to say, God, I'm struggling, but God, thank you for the life that you've given me. God, thank you that you're a good God. Thank you that you're a faithful God. We begin to pray with God and begin to engage with God. The more we engage with him, the more we experience his presence and the more his presence we feel, the more our soul begins to be filled with peace. 
Now, what I want you to notice, something very important, is that these ping pong balls are still all around. What you need to understand is just because you pray does not mean that your problems go away. Somebody, listen, you get so mad at God and so frustrated with God because you said, I prayed those few times and nothing happened. Listen, he doesn't promise that anything will happen. Well, he promises that he'll give you peace. He'll fill your soul with peace. Listen, we get to this place in life where, where the reality is, is that we have all these things around us. But the more that we pray and engage with God, what happens is that our problems don't fill our soul because we put God at the center of our soul. And now God dictates for us how we're going to feel, how we're going to act, how we're going to engage with the world around us. Listen, but so many people, it's, it's the opposite. But you have an opportunity in your life that every time you pray and engage with God, you experience his presence. And in his presence is peace. And your soul begins to open up. And your soul begins to feel a different weight on its life. Listen, prayer does not create the absence of problems. But the presence of his peace amidst my problems. Don't become so focused on your problem that you forget to focus on stepping into his presence because in his presence is where I find my peace. I find my peace. Y'all can come grab this. You guys good? That kind of makes sense for you. Hopefully, if not, it was Zach's idea. See, what I love about prayer is, is, yes, prayer puts God at the center. And it refocuses us. But what I love about prayer is that prayer is a retreat to the presence of Jesus. It's a retreat to the presence of Jesus. And that, understand something, we can retreat to the presence of Jesus at any point in time. That you can retreat. That as you drive home, you can retreat to the presence of Jesus. That I'll even be as bold to say that when you're in the middle of an abusive relationship, that you can still retreat to the presence of Jesus. In your darkest moment, you can still retreat to the presence of Jesus. In prison, you can still retreat to the presence of Jesus. See, even Jesus did this. Jesus was an example. Jesus retreated to the presence of his father. Luke 5, 15, 16 says, Massive crowds continually gathered around him to hear him speak and be healed from their illnesses. But Jesus often slipped away from them and went into the wilderness to pray. That Jesus himself often felt social pressures. That Jesus himself, himself felt pressures of everybody always needing him and wanting him. And oftentimes... Jesus would slip away to a solitary place or to the wilderness to be alone, to escape, to be in the presence of God, to experience the peace of God. <clears throat> I have a question for you. In times of trouble or stress, where do you retreat to? Because we all retreat to something. Come on, look. No, nobody wants to feel this. <clears throat> No one wants to feel this. And so the second that you begin to feel this in your life, 
We are a pain-adverse society. And so the second that we start experiencing things like this, we want alleviation of this. And so we retreat somewhere to give us some kind of peace. It may be a facade of peace, maybe temporary peace, but at least gives us a moment of peace. <clears throat> In times of trouble, we often go everywhere else but God. Where do you retreat to in these kind of times? Do you retreat back to that old relationship? You're like, he's not peaceful, but at least he's comfortable. You retreat back to that substance. I know that it only lasts a few hours, but helps me when I need it. Do you retreat back to that computer screen? <clears throat> what do you retreat back to? See, because the reality is that if we can't find peace, I go and I find comfort. I find the thing that's most comfortable to help me alleviate, at least for a moment, the things that I feel currently within my life. But can I tell you, the Bible says that God does not give peace as the world gives peace. Jesus said this in John 14, 27. He said, I give you peace, the kind of peace only I can give. It isn't like the fragile peace this world can give. Listen, the world can give you a temporary level of peace. You've experienced it. It can give you a temporary level of peace, but you know that it'll leave you the second something goes wrong. And it's a fragile level of peace. But God gives peace that can sustain you, that can strengthen you, that can lead you, that can comfort you. And that kind of peace can only come from Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. Listen, do you know why we pray? I, I, I've been thinking about this so much in my life because I've shared a lot that I, I learned so much about God and his presence over the past couple years because I went through hell and back a couple years ago. And I've learned so much about my engagement with God when it comes to scripture, when it comes to prayer. And what I've learned throughout my past couple years is why we pray. Why do we pray when we have like external issues and we have internal conflicts? Do we pray so God will, will change things? Maybe. Maybe God will. Maybe he won't. Listen, I don't know why God will heal someone's cancer and the person sitting right next to him, he won't heal theirs. I, I don't know why God might pay off someone else's student debt and you pay every last dime of that sucker for the next 25 years. Listen, I, I, I don't know if God will change your circumstances. I, I've seen it before. I've seen God through prayer change my circumstances. I've seen it before my eyes, God perform miracles, but I've also seen before my eyes in my own life that I have prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and God did not change my circumstance. So why do we pray? Here's why we pray. We pray because prayer realigns our heart with God. Okay, watch this. When I pray, God all of a sudden begins to like change my heart. He begins to speak to my heart. He begins to show me places in my heart that is filled with pride and impurities. He speaks to my heart. He challenges my heart. And when I have a heart shift, all of a sudden I begin to have a mind shift. And I no longer let the negative thoughts that have led my life, I no longer let those thoughts lead my, my mind anymore. 
So my heart shift changes my mind shift. And when I have a mind shift, I begin to have a perspective shift. And then when I have a perspective shift, I can look at all the issues in my life and the things that are coming my way. And I can look at it and be like, you know what? It doesn't look like it's changing anytime soon, but I can trust that God is good. Amen. Listen, here's the thing about, about all this, which is so funny when it comes to the rest of the world. Listen, because the rest of the world will oftentimes look at your situation and be like, you should be freaking out right now. You're like, I know. Why are you not freaking out? I'm like, I don't know. But here's one thing that I do know that if nothing changes, I have peace that God is who he says he is and he'll do what he says that he can do. Listen, I trust that in this world you will have trouble, but take heart because I've overcome the world. The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come so you may have life and have it to the full. Listen, even in these moments, in these seasons of life, when you're tired and you're broken, can you still have the perspective shift that God is good? When you're weary and you're anxious, can you still have the perspective shift that God is good? Listen, peace is easy to come by when life is good. Don't be a Christian who only functions when life is functioning. You have to learn how to function as a Christian when life is not going the way that you thought that it would go. Amen? Ben, you can come on up. You guys good? I'm sweating. I think if I'm, if I'm being honest, I think that, that prayer is one of those things that, that can be really hard for me. Like, you know, you pray for stuff over and over again and you don't see things happen or change. And it's hard to, to believe that my prayer actually changes things. Like, really? Like, if, if, I, if I pray, can I really experience the goodness of God and the peace of God and does prayer actually like really, really change things? Like can God move through my prayers? Can I move God through my prayers? Can I tell you something? In the Bible, prayer, it calms storms. It healed diseases. It raised people from the dead. It changed direction in life. It provided miracles, all as a result of prayer. Listen, I believe that there are some of you that God tonight wants to answer your prayer. That God wants to speak directly to your heart and directly to your soul. And God wants to change your circumstances. I believe that God wants to do that for some of you. But listen, the reality is what I believe that prayer does is, is it puts God at his rightful place and you at your rightful place. When I humble myself in prayer, what I'm saying is God, you're God, and I am not. When I pray, what I'm saying, God, your ways are higher than my ways. Your thoughts are higher than my thoughts. And so, God, whatever it is that you want to do in my life, I'm going to trust you, but I'm still going to engage with you because the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard my heart and will guard my mind. So how, how, how should we pray? <clears throat> like, I, I, it's weird talking to God. Like, can I text God? Absolutely. Like real talk. <laughs> Write some random number in your phone and you can text God all you want. 
Could you imagine you got a response? What the? Uh, this is Johnny. <laughs> yeah. Prayer is just you engaging. So however you can engage with God, journal, speak out loud. T today during prayer, I, I sat with our team and I just laid there for 30 minutes just with my hood over my head and I didn't say anything. I just sat there in the presence of God. It was amazing. But I, I love to, to view prayer in, in this light. And if maybe you have a hard time praying, here's, I want to give you one little tool. And so I like to think of the word pray as, as an acronym, okay? And so we'll put that up there. And so the word P means praise. Like take a minute in, in your day, whenever the first thing you do is just praise God and thank him for the things that he's done in your life. Start with thankfulness. Say, God, you're a good God. I, I praise you for who you are. God, if you didn't do another thing in my life, I thank you that you went to the cross for me. Praise. R is repent. Like some of y'all have some stuff in your life, you'd be like, God, forgive me my sins. And it says that he is faithful and just to throw your sins as far as the east is from the west. Confess your sins to God. Repent. And then A is ask for others. Pray for other people. Who are the people in your life that are lost? Who are the people in your life that are sick and are hurting? And then why is for yourself? Then present your request to God. What a lot of us love to do is we love to flip that around. We go to God when all of our circumstances, God, this is going on. God, I'm feeling this. God, I'm struggling. Yada, yada, yada. We go through all these different things. The reality is when we start there, we rarely get to Thanksgiving. But the thing is, when you start with Thanksgiving, you'll rarely get to yourself. I find that every single time, every time that I'm in prayer and I just begin to, to thank God and thank God and all the things that I want, I'm like, you know what? I just trust you, God, so do whatever you want to do because I trust you. Listen, I, I don't know where you stand today in this place. And if you find yourself here, there's a journey to there. But the journey is very simple, and the journey is already birthed within you. But all you have to do to access it is pray. And then you'll begin this journey to experience the peace that the world can't give you, that no guy or girl can give you, that no substance, no high can give you. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding. Will you have worry that leads to anxiety? or a prayer that leads to peace. What do you choose? Let me pray for you. Lord, I thank you so much for everyone in this room. Um, God, you're a good God. You're a good father. Lord, you're so faithful to this ministry. God, you're doing such a mighty work in, in this place and people's lives are being changed and Just a couple questions. First question is this. You find yourself in that place where you just feel overwhelmed and so stressed. If you looked inside, your soul would be filled with a bunch of ping pong balls. And you're saying, you know what? I, I have to start this process of praying and stop worrying and trusting God. If that's you, would you raise your hand so I can pray for you? Praise Jesus. Bunch of us. Wow. Praise Jesus. Praise Jesus. You put your hands down. Second question is this, is that you don't have a relationship with God. And the reality is you can't experience the peace of God if you don't have a relationship with God. 
and you're in here tonight, you say, I want to start a relationship with God. I don't really know what it means, but I'm sitting in here tonight, and I have experienced every kind of high. I've experienced all the kind of status. I've experienced anything this world might have to offer, and I still feel empty. But I want to be filled with the presence and the peace of God for the first time ever and start a relationship with him. If that's you, would you raise your hand across this place? Praise Jesus. I see you, bro. Wow. Praise Jesus. I see you. I see you. Wow, I see you, sister. Thank you. Thank you. You can put your hands down. If that was you, you raise your hand. Just in your own words, begin to pray to God. Talk to him. Say, God, I'm a sinner. Forgive me my sins. I put my trust and my faith in you. God, we love you. We trust you. We worship in your name. Everybody said amen. Y'all, let's stand. Let's worship.